Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. listeners to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Melissa and I am here again with Substitute Wendy Barb. Aww, I love that I'm Substitute Wendy. I will do my best to live up to your, her expectations. <laughs> Barb Lind, who is a friend of the show yes. and absolutely delightful oh, and frequenter of Fantastic Fest. I try my best. Yes. Uh, and so we are broadcasting live from the Alamo Draft House on the second day of Fantastic Fest, and we just got done with our first film slot, yes. which we f- saw together. We did. Now let's see if I can get the the title right this time. It's Enter the Clones of Bruce Lee. I think I got that right. Hold on, let me double check. Okay. I think I've called it like the many clones of Bruce Lee or clones of Bruce Lee. Enter the clones of Bruce. Enter the clones of Bruce. Got it. So much like the movies that it is about, it, it is known by many titles that I cannot. <laughs> they're just random words strung together that end with Bruce. Yes. Okay. So, dear listeners, enter the clones of Bruce. I got that. Okay, yep. I got that. Uh, is a documentary about exploitation, the many, many hundreds of films that came out after the death of Bruce Lee. Yes. Who died very young and at the the height of his uh, fame, and therefore the Asian film markets really wanted to make more money off of Bruce Lee, so they found other. Bruce Lee's. They found Bruce Lee and Bruce Lowe and Bruce Lai and Dragon. Bruce L-E, Bruce L-I, Bruce L-O. Bruce Leung. Bruce, uh, there, uh, what was the... There, there was, was, uh, Dragon Lee. Yep, Dragon. Who was, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. so many. There were so many of them. I didn't know that. Yes. I, I mean... I've done a lot of martial arts films watching, and I've certainly watched my share of Bruce exploitation. But there's like even there were more in this documentary than I knew about. And uh, although I did know about the craziest ones, I'm I'm pleased to say <laughs> Bruce Lee goes to hell, or whatever the title of that one is. It was Bruce Leung playing Bruce Lee, who has died and gone to hell, and meets Dracula, and James Bond, and Clint Eastwood, Emmanuel for some reason, and Laurel Popeye. And Popeye, Laurel and Hardy, and that's glorious. But anyway... Oh, the, but yeah. the whole... This, this was the one thing, because when you die, your body and face undergo changes. changes. Yeah. Is how they explained how... All of those characters were <laughs> not those characters. Yeah, yeah, it's a hell of a deal. Yeah. But anyway, the, this documentary is delightful. I didn't know just how much joy I get out of seeing 
the actual guys, the the Bruce exploitation guys. They were so adorable. Yeah, um, they're um, mostly all still around, and they had give delightful interviews. Like, one's a uh, like massage therapist. Yeah, like homeopathic and, healer, and yeah, yeah, they still like teaches kung fu, but doesn't charge any because he doesn't want to see it like die. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that's great. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's it was very charming, and uh, also just hearing about all the craziness that yeah. went on. Oh, and the fact that it would be like, oh yeah, I have to be done filming at five o'clock uh, with you, director, because I have to go do another movie with a different director. Yep. Right after. Yeah. Like they were cranking them out so fast, <sighs> and so cheaply, and so dangerously. Yeah. Like they're. There are stories of really horrific stunts going really quite wrong, and yeah, yeah, quite a moment in history to document. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I said, I never—I have a soft spot in my heart for Bruce exploitation movies, just because it's a, just a weird point in cinema history. But seeing everybody interviewed, they got Go- uh, Godfrey Ho, one of the directors, mm. talking. You know. So a lot of the old Shaw guys, a couple of the Golden Harvest guys. They yeah. had the one gal. Uh, Angela Mao. Yes. Yeah. And it was like she they, they had talked about how she did a, a number of things and then just like disappeared. Yeah. And then she was just like, hi, mm-hmm. I'm here. I appreciate all of the fans she that love delightful. me and appreciate me. Yeah, they had a couple little tangents for Angela Mao and Jim Kelly and uh, Bolo Young, who I, I, I particularly like. But Bolo Young's the guy who shows up, and he is like the living Incredible Hole. He is, <laughs> he is a cube because his upper body is immense. Oh <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like he takes off his shirt and you go, "Good Lord, man!" But yeah, he's the real, <laughs> he's a real giant guy that shows up in Enter the Dragon, but he doesn't fight Bruce Lee. No. So he kept getting pulled into Bruce exploitation flicks because what if he did fight Bruce Lai? Bruce Lai. Yeah. Bruce Lowe. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Are you ready helpful. for my dirty little confession, Melissa? Yes, please. I didn't realize that this was a documentary. Oh. I legitimately thought that it was a movie that I was going to go watch about trying to clone Bruce Lee like because they talk about yeah. like there is one where it's like they th- he's he's dead but an evil scientist is like what if we clone him I thought that that's what I was going to see but it, you kind of saw it except real I know yeah and I, I feel d- like this was even better yeah. probably yeah well it's got like you got served a buffet of Bruce Lee yes. clones this you didn't true. just get one no. clone of Bruce Lee it's many and you got like a, a dozen at least. And all of, like, the implications of all of that. Yes. And, like, how it impacted the family. Mm-hmm. And I really did enjoy at the very end when they started doing, like, the tours of yeah. the old, that are, like, now defunct, run-down studios. And I was just, like, watching them walk through, I was like, how many movies and masters mm-hmm. and, like, amazing people have probably, like, been in there? And it's just run down and not used, don't care, yeah. people don't care about it. Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah, they were cranking stuff out so fast, and there are a lot of those Asian film industries where they didn't 
get or still don't have an archival mindset. Mm. So a lot of that stuff just gets left. Yep. You know, yeah. Then again, you know, we Americans don't let anything go, so. Yeah, nah. yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how healthy that is either. Can, can we find, like, yeah, can we find, like, a, a happy medium where yeah. where yeah. we keep some stuff, but not everything, yeah. but not just, like, chuck it, like, like, cool, done, moving on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Somehow. <sighs> well, that was a great way to start the day. It really was. Yeah. It really it. was. Thank you for joining me. See very welcome. The clones of Bruce Lee. Mm. So no, the clones of Bruce. Clones of Bruce. Because there's too there's too many of them. There's so many Bruces. Yes. And also Dragon Lee. <laughs> and Angela Mao. Ah, oh. <sighs> Angela Mao is so great. Anyway, uh, dear listeners, we will be back uh, in a few hours to catch up with a couple other movies. Sweet. All right. And we are back, dear listeners. We are after time slot number three on day two. It is Barb, Barb and me once again. Hello. So, hi. And so even though just a few moments have passed for you, we have seen a lot. Yes. <laughs> so uh, first of all, you and I both saw the Found Footage Festival, volume 10. Yes. Right? So uh, was it two years ago or one year ago that the documentary Chop and Steal I believe Chop and Steel was last year, 2022. So Chop and Steel were, okay, there are these two guys, as as there often is. There's these two guys, (laughs) and they're both found footage enthusiasts, and they're they're from Wisconsin. They've been friends forever and ever and ever. And they started, in addition to collecting weird VHS tapes from thrift stores, they also... uh, kind of created these fake personas to market themselves on uh, local news stations. Yes. And particularly Chop and Steel, which were kind of like these wrestler personas. But, you yeah. know, they're not actually good at these things. They yeah. just and it, w- are- and, and it was always the stupidest things. Yeah. And the unsuspecting morning shows never actually did their due diligence. Yes. Uh, and so they would do stuff like show up and stomp on wicker baskets. Yeah. Or uh, lift gallon jugs filled with wa- liquid. Like yeah. it. That level stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, if, you know, punking local news stations. Yes. But anyway, these two guys were here this year and they were. Sh- they were sharing their found footage festival, yes. which has gone through various iterations. This is volume 10. Right. So this is their latest collection of weird shit that they could show us. And, uh, oh, it was oh, a the things, Oh, the things they brought to us. Oh, dear listeners, it's glorious. A lot of this stuff is now on YouTube, thanks to them. Yeah. Because they, they I think, think they said they do a... They have like, show on Tuesdays uh, yeah, on they the have YouTube. A, and... a weekly YouTube show, mm-hmm. uh, found footage. Um, their names are Nick and Joe. Thank you. I could not remember what their actual names yes. were. So yeah, I had to. I looked it up. Thank so you. I Thank you. Don't Barb. give me too much credit. <laughs> you're my, you're better than me. You did more due diligence <laughs> than me. I remember Chop and Steel. You remember the, their yep. actual names, which I've already forgotten. <laughs> anyway. They're delightful humans, yeah. and they found glorious things, yes. including like the, like their, 
one of their favorites is the lady with the the rainbow sponge yes. craft art. Yes. Uh, there's the rainbow sponging. The more rainbow sponging, the uh, yeah. Like create a, a spectacular stamping with yes. Uh, Seven whatever. secrets to spectacular stamping. Yes, that's what very it is. Very important. Because the alliteration got me. I was like, yeah. I like those S's. But there's, uh, in addition to that, you know, exercise videos from the eighties yes. and uh, there was a, like the guy with the stick. The guy, yeah, there was a stick. Uh, the club, the club is, I believe, what he referred to it as. It was the club. Uh, there was also a farmer from Wisconsin that apparently decided he wanted to be a amateur filmmaker and so he would f- film his farm yeah yeah that's what that was yeah we saw there, a cow placenta yeah so yeah it, it was it was an experience there's some stuff that's really wonderful and really funny and then there's other stuff that is just cringing yeah just yeah. Cr- just I, I will admit that when the cow placenta was walked closer and closer to the camera, <laughs> I, I had to divert my eyes because yeah. I was just like, nope. Nope. Don't need to see that. No. So, yeah, that's that's just a few of the things that we yeah. saw at the Found Footage Festival. It was uh, delightful and horrifying and all things in between. FYI, uh, I don't know when this is going to be published, but they're going to be going on tour. Oh, very yeah. soon. They're coming to Minneapolis. And I know that they're yeah. coming to Minneapolis yeah. because I almost didn't see it here because I was like, oh, I could just see it in Minneapolis. But I wanted to see it here and I'm probably going to go see it in Minneapolis and try to bring some friends with. Yeah, at the tri line. Yes. If I remember. Yeah. I think so. so. So coming soon to a theater near you, possibly. Potentially. Yeah. Google it, friends. Watch for it. Watch for it. Uh, so yeah, that was delightful. Oh, and they, uh, their opener was, what was it? Oh, Lenora? it wasn't Lenora. I was like, it wasn't Elvira, but yeah, it was Lenora. very close. But yeah, Lenora's Midnight. I can't remember. It's Basically, not Midnight Special. But yeah, it's kind of an Elvira-esque. Yes. Um, she was Sort great. of Midnight Movies presenter, but she's got a... Midnight uh, Rental. Midnight Lenora's Rental. Lenora's Midnight Rental. Yes, she's got a YouTube show and... Yeah. Uh, her stuff was delightful. And uh, she had some great footage from Death Spa. Death Spa. And, and also Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen King. Stephen King in his highest fuck days. Oh, oh, wow. When he was talking about how he's the one that holds the plane up because he's scared and he knows that 747s don't actually operate. And the only reason planes fly is because there's always one person on the plane that's very, very scared, and they're the person that's holding the plane up. Yeah. Only so that. Only his explanation was about three times as long as that. Yeah. And he was high. So anyway, that's I, that's. Person, a, personally, if you haven't seen that, I would recommend you find it. Yeah. It's a hell of a thing. Because it's a thing that exists. Yeah, it, that footage is part of one of her shows. And I, th- I think she said she had, like, uh, about 10 published right now so far. Yeah, or I something think so. Like that. Yeah. And she had previously Emmy had... Yeah. Yeah, local Emmy mm-hmm. nominated. Very good. So, anyway, that yeah. was lovely. That was great. So, in the time slot after that, what did you see, Barb? Uh, in the time slot after that, I went to go see... Falling Stars. Falling Stars. Okay. So, um, Falling Stars tells the story of 
um, a trio of siblings, a trio of brothers, who um, it is just canon in their world that witches exist. Okay. Specifically, witches exist as falling stars. And they do a harvest once a year. Okay. Um, and if you are outside at the same time a falling star is happening, then you get harvested as well. Okay. And you just sort of disappear. And so that is that is just sort of the world that we are brought into, and it, we are on like the eve of the harvest. Okay. Um, and there is the trio of siblings who talk about um, how they've never seen a witch before. Okay. And then the oldest brother's like, I got a friend <laughs> who actually killed one and buried the body. And huh. then they were like, let's go see it. So stand by me with witches. Yeah. Okay. And things happen Excellent. at that point in time. Excellent. So um, it was a delight. We had the directors there. There was a number of folks that were involved in the movie that were also able to be there and actually see it. Because um, the directors had said that a lot of the folks had never actually seen the whole entire thing. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So that was pretty nice. great. I I enjoyed it. Okay. It was a slow burn. It was a little bit more of like a psychological horror. Okay. Um, slow burns can be hit or miss for me. Right. But this, there was enough like world building going on that I was into it. Nice. So, Falling Stars. Excellent. Yeah. I'll put that on my to yeah. watch list. Um, they filmed it completely in the Joshua Tree area. Oh, cool. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Lots of desert. Love it. Love yeah. it. Uh, so what, what did you see, Melissa? What I saw also makes very good use of location shooting. Okay. Uh, it's a movie called The Origin. Ooh. It will get a theatrical release in February, I believe. Nice. It is a Scottish-made film, uh, and they filmed in far northwestern Scotland. And... If you imagine a very, very rocky, rocky, scrubbed hard by the the wind and the rain, sort of terrain, the there aren't any trees and there's like just scrubby vegetation, but mostly lichen and yeah. it's all rust colored. Yeah, that's what it is. And so, it takes place forty five thousand years ago. Oh, forty five thousand? What? Yeah. Oh, and it. Uh, it features a group of humans okay who have crossed a what it what probably was the english channel okay. what is now the english channel to get to another land and set up their own place so there's okay. like the leader hunter guy mm. there's a secondary younger hunter guy there's an older guy who's wise but not otherwise not useful. Right. There's a pregnant woman, there's another young woman who just gets her period as she they get onto this land, and there is a young boy. Oh. And so this is the entire group. And so it's set up that they arrive there and you know, when they light a fire at night, they it is darkness all around them. And they're the land is kind of barren. They're trying to figure out what they're gonna eat. They haven't found mm. game yet. They 
do eventually find a forest and they're going, no, we're not going to go in there because that's dangerous. Because it is. Yep. And then they go a few nights and then it turns out there's something stalking them. Ooh, from the forest, I'm going to assume. Or just around. Just around. You can't see it. Mm. It's out in the darkness beyond the ring of the fire. Mm. And so basically what, what it is, it's like, if you remember the movie Quest for Fire? No. Okay, this was like early 80s, like 1980, 1981. It was a movie about cavemen. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, it had a certain international hit status. Okay. And this is uh, Quest for Fire, except horror. Okay. And kind of action-y. Nice. And uh, it has a completely made-up language. It is in a completely made-up for the movie language. So they're not speaking English. They're, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty well done. All right. It's pretty well done. And it's a movie to see in a theater if you can. Yeah. Because it's all about the sound and kind of being trapped in the movie and being really trapped in a remote location. Okay. That. Yeah. It's probably going to kill you. So, uh, yeah, the sound particularly is really well done. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, very effective. I really liked it. Excellent. Awesome. And the director was there, and he was very, very Scottish. I I would fail at the... uh, The brogue. The brogue. Yeah. He was extremely Scottish, though. And he gave us lots of, uh, you know, stories about filming it. They filmed during COVID. Oh. Basically, the entire cast and crew um, were, they rented out an entire hotel for the entire shoot. Oh. And so they bubbled in and yeah. then they filmed out on the moors like 45 minutes away from this hotel and then there's was one other location where they had to drive for two hours and then hike another 45 minutes. Oh dang. Yeah. So all on location and Very cool. Yeah. It's, it's a very effective and interesting movie. Nice. So if, Barb, if you uh, get a chance to see it later in the festival, I recommend it. All right. Sounds All right. good. And dear listeners, if you have a chance in February, go see it. Especially in the theater. Yeah. It works. All right. So I think we're ready to go back in for another couple movies, right? Yeah. Rock on. Let's do it. All right, dear listeners, this is just me coming back to conclude our report from day two of Fantastic Fest. Um, it is just me today because, uh, actually, anachronistically, it's day four now. Uh, things have been so stacked up that uh, the, the schedule is moving so briskly and we're having so much fun that it's been really hard to record in between movies and also uh, Barb and Heidi and Wendy and like everybody else I am traveling with or uh, staying with uh, are very tired and sleeping right now. So here I am bringing the conclusion of day two to you. So uh, when we last left, it was the coming on an evening of day two. And I went into a movie called Project Silence. It is a Korean film, brand new, that is a disaster format movie. And if you think of the movie Cujo, 
or the book Cujo, which involves a rabid St. Bernard trapping a woman in her car. Uh, imagine Project Silence to be something where you replace the St. Bernard with a squad of genetically modified anger dogs, military grade. And uh, the single person in the car, or rather two people in the car, are replaced by like a 50-car pileup on a collapsing bridge in Seoul. So uh, what you have is disaster format. There is a cast of characters that are all working together, trying to survive, and there's drama and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, it is a thing. I am not a fan of dog violence in movies, and a lot of people aren't. But, uh, strangely, this movie is kind of saved by the fact that the dogs are very clearly CGI, and so you can kind of get away with that in a weird way. Look, it's a ludicrous movie. I had fun watching it, uh, and I was totally rooting for the, uh, the, the anger dogs. So, after that, the final movie of the night was VHS 85, which is the latest iteration of the VHS franchise. Uh, VHS, if you have not seen any of the movies, they are anthology movies. Each segment is directed by a different team, or directed by different people and starring different teams of people. They're all loosely connected stories that are strung together with a wrapping sequence. And this one is no exception. Uh, but uh, I feel like most anthology movies, just by their nature, there's some segments that are stronger than others. So it's really hard to have just a solid anthology movie. And this one is really, really solid. All of the sequences are very strong. Even the wrapping sequence works, uh, which is really hard to do. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Scott Derrickson and... and uh, C. Robert Cargill, friend of the podcast, uh, both collaborated on one of the segments this time. Uh, oh my goodness, I'm gonna forget her name. Gigi, uh, a Spanish director, or a Mexican director, I should say, uh, has a very nice sequence that is set during uh, the Mexico earthquake uh, th that happened recently. There's uh, there's a very nice sequence that uh, kind of loops into uh, a sequence much later in the movie, which uh, really amused me uh, because one of my friends from Minneapolis from the uh, improv comedy scene, Lauren Anderson, showed up in it as one of the bit characters, and uh, that thrilled me. And so, yeah, it was a really a lot of fun uh, horror movie. There's blood and guts, and uh, all of it is themed around found footage from circa 1995 and uh it's fun i really enjoyed it and i believe it'll be hitting shutter pretty soon so uh, give it a give it a try so that concludes the report from day two and i will be back tomorrow with maybe some other people maybe not who knows? Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with more news from day three. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. 
Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Thank you.